0: Helping you build a better brand through the fusion of form and function. This is the Rightly Designed Show. Hello and welcome to the program. This is the Rightly Designed Show. And my name is Thomas. Thanks so much for listening. Today, I'm going to take a little bit of time to share with you the most dangerous words in design. Now I hear these words all the time and I have seen these words undermine some of the most, what could have been uh, most powerful, prominent designs or brands out there. And it all has to do with the process and the mindset of the person who needs a design. So if you are a designer or you're not a designer, this still can apply equally. It doesn't matter if you have some of the best design skills on the planet or if you're brand new to the, uh, to the concept of design itself. This can make or break any and every design. So before I actually share what those words are, there's only two of them, um, I'm going to go into quick why you should uh, consider first who your design is meant to reach. This really is pivotal to any design being successful. Now, for talking about a book cover design, you need to determine who's who you want to read it. Uh, who's it meant for? And you know, don't just say everybody, because very rarely is a book going to be successfully marketed to everyone on the planet. It's typically going to be marketed towards a specific segment of people who share a common interest and a, sh- and a common goal. Same applies to a website. You can't really make your website and your brand on your website effectively marketed towards everybody on the planet. It, again, niching down is something that can be very effective and very essential to creating a powerful design. So again... Whether or not you know it, um, if you have a business or you're a small business owner, you're an entrepreneur, uh, chances are, there's about 99.9% chance that you're going to be involved with the design process. Now, that could mean, A, that you're actually going to be designing things yourself when you're starting out. Sometimes that's just something that's necessary. And then there's option B or you'll actually be hiring a designer and working with him or her throughout the entire process. So as you might've guessed, as I mentioned, design is going to be something that again, whether you like it or not, is probably going to be something that you're involved with throughout the creation of your brand and building your business and your platform. Okay, so what are those two words? The two most dangerous words in a design or a design process is I like. For example, I like the color blue, or I like the typeface papyrus. I really like Times New Roman. I like, Ro- I like um, comic Sans. Those two words have undermined more designs than I think I can count uh, within the span of this episode. Uh, And the reason is because it's not so much the fact that you have those personal likes or that your tastes are bad. It's that it places the focus for a design in the wrong place. Rather than saying the words I like, the best words to consider or to keep in mind or the mindset to have, so to speak, is what design is going to accomplish its goal best. For example, there's a lot of designs out there Uh, That kind of start to follow a trend or a mold. Uh, If you go to a lot of design websites or you go to design portfolio websites, you can tell pretty quickly when a designer is creating what he or she likes and what he or she has gone through the process of determining what will work best for that particular client. I see these portfolio websites all the time and they've got the grungy hipster, you know, crossed axes, you know, logo style with a stamp and it says since 1842 or whatever. And you see them over and over again. The goal of any good design is to effectively communicate a message to a target audience. And the manner in which it it conveys and it communicates needs to be done again for that target market and for that audience. So what I would recommend, what I highly recommend, is always taking the time to stand back, cut out what your personal likes and tastes are, and take some serious time considering what fits best for the product, for the service, for the logo, for the website, whatever it is you're having designed or you're designing yourself, consider what works best for this specific design. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, for my own work. And this is something that I have to practice pretty much on a daily basis. Uh, In order to do effective design work for my own clients, something that I have to do is strip back the type of things that I like and I want to see. For example, if I'm working for a client who, you know, is needing a book cover design uh, for a specific genre and market, Uh, Again, it may not be a genre and a market that I particularly care for myself. However, I have to set those things aside in order to uh, create a design that works. So again, I mentioned I was going to give you a specific example. That specific example would say, uh, let's say that... uh, young teen girls, for an example, is not necessarily a market in which I am personally interested. However, I have to go through when I'm creating a book cover design for a for that specific market, I have to take a little bit of time to research that specific market and to determine uh, what designs fit and appeal to that market. I have to look through, I have to do some research, I have to consider what's already on the market, where the best sellers are, why they're best sellers. And then when I create a design, I have to create something that not only fits well within that specific market, but also stands out from the crowd. So again, that's something that you can do when you're working uh, with a designer or you're working on your own designs is to take a little bit of time and to consider and to do some research and to find what else is out there. That's really the best place to start is if you're creating a new logo design, is I would recommend jumping on a website like Dribble, and that's spelled uh, D R I B B B. There's three bill, three B's. So Dribble D R I B B B L E, and you can get out there, and they've got tons and tons of logos you can look through, and just start, you know, getting inspired for the types of ways that people have visually communicated different things. So you can do something like that, and that's a great place to start. Um, from there, you can determine, you know, okay, so what are people interested in in my market? What are the type of imagery? What's the type of color palette? What's the typeface that's going to accurately reach the people in my market? So it's kind of a, a two-side coin. A is is finding, you know, the one side is finding uh, what is going to appeal to the people I'm trying to reach. And B, the flip side would be determining Um, what is going to do that most effectively. So there's kind of two sides to that same coin. So and a big part of the I like syndrome kind of comes to putting personal tastes and likes above everything else. And as you can imagine, as I've, you know, kind of alluded to and seen working on my own projects is that that can hold a project back significantly. Um, especially when you're working with a designer, um, if you're creating your own designs or you are a designer yourself, it can hold you back. Um, but once you get to a point where you're starting to hire a designer, and for a lot of projects, um, that's that's a great option for businesses, you know, who don't want to have to take the time to go through and you know learn design themselves. Instead, you can go out, you can hire and work with a designer. But I still see this all the time. Where uh, not necessarily with my personal clients, but I've seen it uh, with other designers who write about it at length. Is where they basically they get a new client, and the client feels compelled to pretty much give marching orders. And marching orders aren't necessarily a bad thing. Being organized and giving guidance to a designer is great. What I mean is more saying I like the color blue, I like the the font Times New Roman, and I like you know this. Uh, additional color palette in these images, Uh, please go create it. See, at that point in time, you're working with a designer and you're cutting out or you're removing half of what you're paying for. And half of what you're paying for is that person's design talent. The other half of what you're paying for is their knowledge and expertise. Um, so that's something that's very, very important to keep in mind. If you're working with a designer, the I like syndrome can be just as dangerous as it is if you're designing it yourself. So those are very important things to keep in mind. You're listening to the Fusion of Form and Function. This is the Rightly Designed Show. One of the analogies I like to use when it comes to the the quote unquote I like syndrome uh, when working with designers is comparing it to working with a mechanic, and so again I, I chuckle sometimes because I do see you know stories on the web or you know hear from other designers that you know the client pretty much said I want this 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 and this please just go create it and as I mentioned before uh, that person you know that type of approach to working with a designer or design professional is essentially cutting out half of what you're paying that designer for. So I like to compare that to a mechanic. Say, for example, you went to an auto mechanic and, you know, something went wrong with your car, it won't start or something. And so you had it towed, and then, you know, you go to your mechanic and instead of saying, okay, the car won't start, can you fix it? You go in there with a bulleted list of things you want them to do in order to fix it. So then the mechanic would just kind of, unless you were a mechanic yourself and you knew, you know auto body very well, or not auto body, but you knew mechanics uh, really, really well, that makes sense. Maybe you could give some pointers and thoughts in terms of what you think you know the problem might be. But if you didn't, if you're going to that person, you're hiring them because you need your car fix, think about how they would look at you if you gave them a bulleted list that uh, would, that, that person knows right off the bat wouldn't help solve the problem. You'd end up paying them to do something that would not work out in your own best interest. So the same thing applies to design. I see it over and over again, um, where the I like syndrome just starts uh, producing designs that a lot of times are not the most high quality designs in the world, but also cuts back on the creative element that a designer can bring to that. A good designer is constantly trained and going through the process of finding out how to effectively and creatively convey a message. So what I like to recommend is that rather than treating a designer as a chauffeur, somebody who's just kind of there to drive your project around, you say, go left, they go left. Think of a designer more as a co-pilot, someone that you can work with, somebody who can you know provide feedback and ideas, someone who you can actually partner with uh, rather than to tell someone, again, go left or go right. This is why I typically discourage people away from going to logo design contests um, because it puts the person who is needing a design in complete control. And so you might get 90 designs, but there's about a 99% chance that those 90 designs are going to be low quality, something that they just cranked out, something that they did to try to Make the client happy. And again, something that you like or that appeals to you or you think looks pretty may not in the end actually be the best possible result for what you're trying to create. So it may work great for a quick graphic here, a quick graphic there. But when you're talking about a book cover or a logo that's going to be at the corner – that's going to be the cornerstone of your brand – Um, Taking the time to work with a designer, partnering with a designer, kind of being a team can make all the difference in the end. So the last thing I want to recommend, whether you're working by yourself, whether you are a designer or whether you're just going to be designing something on your own, or if you're actually going to hire a designer is to always take the time, and I alluded to this previously, but always take the time to research your market in depth. You always want to take the time to consider who you're going to reach. Go through the process of finding out uh, the type of people that you're trying to reach and what they're really interested in. I've, I've kind of harped on this previously on a previous episode, but it's worth repeating that knowing your market, that the, the extent to which you do know your market can determine the effectiveness of the design that you can create. So once you've kind of established who you're going to reach, uh, it can be a process then of A, if you're working by yourself in creating a new design, determining what visual styles, what color palettes, uh, what typography and what imagery is going to help you best do that or B working with a designer who can, you know, who you can bounce ideas off of or who then can come out and present you something that they feel will help you most accurately and effectively reach that market. So, what I typically recommend for, you know, entrepreneurs or small businesses or people who are just starting out, when it comes to graphics, you know, that you're creating for your blog or something like that and you feel tech savvy enough or you have enough of a design sense, you know, starting out, it's not a bad idea to just create those yourself quick and easy and to just make it part of your workflow. Uh, if you know that you feel like that's taking up too much of your time or it's something you'd rather have hired out, hey, then find a designer out there who can actually, you know, go out and create those things for you. Now, when it comes to starting a business or starting a brand or starting an organization, and we're talking about something like a logo design, or again, you're adding a book, to your current platform or a website, something larger scale that's gonna have a dramatic reflection of your brand, I would 100% of the time recommend hiring a designer who specializes in that specific competency. So what I mean is if you need a design, if you're looking for a logo design, I would almost every single time, I would recommend find a logo designer a logo and branding designer, somebody who knows branding, not necessarily just how to make a logo mark. Same applies for book cover. I would, uh, I wouldn't just go find a designer and say, Hey, can you design this book cover? I also would not go to, as I mentioned before, a logo design contest or a place like, you know, that's going to offer you a designer, a design for five bucks, and they're just going to crank it out in 10 minutes. These things that you're creating are going to dramatically reflect your brand. And so especially not only just from a design perspective, um, you know, of wanting to create a good impression, that's important, it needs to be well designed, in the sense that it looks nice, but it also needs to be effectively designed in the sense that it works well, in the sense that it effectively communicates the message that you're trying to reach to people. So again, to kind of recap, I recommend, you know, for smaller images and smaller graphics, You know, you can crank those out yourself. But if you're talking about uh, brand specific uh, elements of your business, again, your website, a book cover for your book, uh, your logo design, things that are very central to your brand, I would recommend going through the process of hiring a designer who specializes specifically. In that competency and working side by side, partnering with that person to know how best to accurately portray what you're trying to portray and who you're trying to reach. So hopefully that gives you a few ideas in terms of things to keep in mind as you're starting new designs and new design projects, either on your own or with a designer. If there's only one thing that you take away from this episode, it's always to remember to disregard the words i like and instead to take some time to focus and to consider on your market and what will best visually communicate the message to the people you're trying to reach because visual communication is a very very powerful thing as you can tell by things like billboards and the millions of dollars that companies uh, pour into trying to effectively communicate so the more that you can be really uh purposeful in the way that you're trying to visually communicate, the more effective that your brand and your products are going to be. That's going to conclude this episode of the Rightly Design show. Uh, feel free to take a quick moment to job, jump over to rightlydesign.com/contact. Feel free to leave any questions, comments, or feedback. If you have a specific question related to design development, you know WordPress, marketing branding, feel free to leave uh, your question there. And I would be happy to consider turning that into a full length episode we're covering at length in future episodes. So again, I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Rightly Design show and we'll see you next time. Be a part of the show. Contact us at rightlydesigncom slash contact. With your questions, thoughts and feedback. To read the show notes from today's episode or find previous episodes, visit brightlydesign.com/show.